welcome to the Undiscovered Gems podcast, hosted by NBA legend and business powerhouse Charles D. Smith, highlighting today's best and brightest business minds. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we have Tamara. Tamara is a relationship specialist. She works on helping people, couples, individuals. She helps everyone find that true connection. But how do we go about it? I think she's going to tell us based on dating someone that you can actually build a fruitful relationship with. Now, Tamara has a lot of experience. She's going to share with us. Um, Tamara, thank you for joining the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Charles. I'm really excited to dive into this with you. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say based on everything that's happening in the world today when it comes to dating. The divorce rates are up very high. Um, We're going through so many struggles with uh, gender and there's so much going on in the in the world today. And I'm I can't wait to hear what you have to say. So first, (laughs) why don't you start off by telling us about your background? What is that inflection point that got you to where you are today? Well, I have over 20 years of experience in mental health, but what really had me focusing on dating and relationships was watching myself and my peers going through divorces and then starting over and dating again. And I had um, a broken, traumatic uh, breakup with a fiance, which affected his children and my children. And it just was such a huge, colossal adjustment and traumatic event for me and my kids that I just sat down and thought, I have got to do something about this because one of the hardest life lessons is love isn't enough to build a long-term sustainable, respectful, loving, passionate relationship, there's got to be more. And so I developed conscious dating and the processes behind that so that when you find someone, you can find out sooner than later, are you really a good match? And if not, then you can move on for both of your sakes so much more quickly and move on to someone else that might be a better match for you because you really want to make it. You don't want to have to keep starting over because that's really, you know, scary and time consuming and frustrating and very disruptive if you have children. So conscious dating is the key really to finding someone special and then having that long-term relationship. So tomorrow, you know, you call it conscious dating. And I've yeah. never heard that term before yes. until with you. So there are so many of us that just date. Mm-hmm. Um And we don't think about who we're dating based on a long-term fruitful relationship. Why is that? Why don't, why don't more people do that? What is the problem? I think because people don't know how to consciously date because I am the only one that I found so far that's talking about conscious dating, but also because you really want the romance and that lustful, passionate, fun beginning that you have when you find someone that you like. It's really Mm -hmm. hard to take yourself out of that romantic, delicious, scrumptious fog that you're in and really think, do we have what it takes? Does she have what I need? Does she have any deal breakers? It's just simple, but at the same time, so much more complicated. And especially when you're starting over, if you haven't dated in 10 years, 15, 25 years, it's hard to know where to begin. So you just throw your hat in the ring and try, you know, just try. But what about, uh, you know, people have uh, 
baggage and they haven't dated yes. in so long. They have yeah. trust issues and yeah. so many uh, barriers mm -hmm. to to do to to participate in conscious dating. Yes. Um, right. That's something that you address first. Is there like some intake that you do with your clients uh, to get them along that path? How does it start? Mm -hmm. Well, because you really want to establish in the beginning, where are you? Where are you at in the healing journey? Where are you in the relationship journey? Because I, I mean, I, I focus on long-term relationships. And so for someone that's starting over, it's always best to start casually dating, even if you're not wired that way. Like I'm wired to be a relationship person, but it's good to just get your feet wet with casual dating because it just helps you find your footing. With each person, you discover more about what you really need, especially at this phase. So like what you need and what your deal breakers were at 25 are different than 35 or 45. And so it's important to revisit those and rediscover who you are and really what you want your life to look like at the stage you're at now. So the baggage is um, a personal journey that each of us have to address. And this is why conscious dating is so important because whatever you aren't healed in from your childhood, which then translates to relationships, we subconsciously look for someone to heal those wounds and that's who we're drawn to and that's who we're attracting. And so whatever wounds you have, you're looking for someone to fill it. And then you're like, oh man, this is just like the last girl I dated, or she reminds me of my mom and my dad, or you just get caught up in this cycle then. And then, but if conscious dating comes in, you can interrupt that cycle and find someone you're actually interested in while you complete your healing. Because the truth is no one can heal you. You can only heal yourself. Yes. And you know, I, I smiled uh, while you were speaking because uh, a thought came to mind. It's almost like, you know, going to a gym for health reasons, or you want to lose weight, yes. you have to build your relationship muscles. <laughs> you have right. to train. Yeah. When you say, and just, you said, just stick your toe in the water and yes. have some casual and you learn. That's like anything else in life. You have to start and you build expertise, mm -hmm. you build knowledge, you build confidence to yeah. do what you're going to do in the future. So. That was uh, when you said that, I just smiled because I get it that way. <laughs> uh, maybe because I'm a former pro athlete, but I get it that way. Um, so so you have you've earned three degrees over a 24 year period mm -hmm. and you've worked at this. Now, tomorrow you could have gone in different directions with your education. Yes. Right. So mm -hmm. what is it that made you sit in this dating space? Um, you talked a little about a little bit previously about being a single mom, but what is it? What were what pulled on your heartstrings to say, you know what? I got something from this. The world needs this. Right. I come up with conscious dating. What is it? Tell us your story. So for me, um, I fell in love with my children's father and we got married and I married him because I loved him and I didn't really and that's why premarital um, counseling is so important because you catch so many of these things in the beginning before you marry and you can either work them out or you discover so much about each other that you realize you're not a good match but we didn't do that 
despite my training and experience. And at that time, I was I had a business um, career. So then from there, that was my first lesson that I learned that love isn't enough in a really big way. And then I found someone else felt in love on a, di a different, deeper level. And we got engaged. And then I realized and he realized that we just weren't a sustainable match for many reasons. I mean, but we had the biggest draw, the biggest passionate love story, and that still wasn't enough. And I thought if I had consciously dated, I mean, it took me a few years to come to, you know, to terms, but then also to come and bear all this fruit of all the joyful things I learned out of this experience, because beautiful things come out of trauma too. And this was my beautiful thing. I realized I could have done all these things to prevent this traumatic experience uh, for me and my children if I had consciously dated. And so then I threw myself back out there in the dating pool after my healing time and realized that everyone I was dating was making the same mistakes I made. And these are really great men that I was dating, but they weren't in a position to date. You know, I friend zoned a lot of guys or realized that we just weren't a good match. And so just trying realizing I really wanted to help these amazing guys find someone special, but they really needed to consciously date. So they didn't keep ending up with the wrong women or keep getting friend zoned because there's nothing for, for more frustrating than being an amazing person. And most everyone you date and says, <laughs> oh, that's great. You're a really nice guy, but. Yeah, so I really just am passionate about helping men get off that merry-go-round because what I notice is, you know, when I started dating a decade ago, these men are still out there. I'm not exaggerating when I say people really stay in this cycle for months, years, decade plus, and then they lose hope and think all women are the same or we're all, you know, manipulative or controlling or after them for their money or position or there aren't any good women out there. or th And then you get trapped into that cycle of disconnection, which is what I call that loop that you get in. You try and then you get discouraged and then you, you know, and then you take a break and you start over. So it's just a cycle of insanity. You just, you know, drive yourself crazy. But if you don't consciously date your, the energy you put out there, you will continue to attract the same kind of women. So your data is all lined up and then you really believe it because it's true. But if we adjust your energy and get you consciously dating, you'll attract a completely different type of woman. And she could be in your life already. Hmm. So uh, Tamara, you, you know, we live our lives in these cyclical these cycles and yep. um it's almost like you have to transition because we all get caught it could be business it can be sports when an athlete retires mm -hmm. may leave the game but he doesn't mentally retire right. he still does the same thing so yeah. we get caught in business in this so is the answer therapy for for dating when you mm -hmm. see someone in the cycle are, do you become a therapist to break down why they're in the cycle and what they need to do to transition to begin to consciously? So therapy would be if you are really still devastated 
um, then, mm. the, then the deeper work is necessary because whatever you don't heal, you will for certain take into your next relationship. And the reason that my fiance and I broke up is he had a breakdown because he, his past was backing up on him and what happened with his ex-wife. So he mm. literally could not move on with me, which is why we lost everything. And it was so devastating because I couldn't do anything to help him or anything about it. You know, that's his personal healing process. So coaching is for let's diagnose this, let's figure out what's going wrong. Let's, you know, reset your love goggles and, you know, get you out there attracting the right kind of women that you actually want to date. And then look at your online profile. How are your dates actually going? What are your dates feeling like? How to plan a date? Because there's all sorts of little things that can push a woman away. But the big deeper things are like your confidence, getting your masculine energy out there, adjusting your filters so that you are seeing the women around you and not just the women that you're used to dating. Because your, your subconscious filters are all women are this, this and this. And so you won't even notice an amazing woman standing right in front of you because you're not consciously dating yet. And once you open up those new goggles and your, your new viewfinders, then you'll start to notice a, all the different types of women around you and you'll be magnetized to the ones that are really just on the same, have the same relationship intentions that you do and could really be a, an amazing match for you. How much do you deal with uh, men, women, getting in, caught up in a physical attraction? Oh, sure. um, it's, it's kind of hard because, you know, your eyes are what attracts you to someone initially. Yes. Uh, some people can, that can be a barrier unto itself because yes. you need to fall in love with a person's heart at the end of the day, mm -hmm. uh, because of physical, we're all going to age, you know, mm -hmm. how do you deal with that? Because I think that's a sticking point for a lot of people, especially in today's world with social mm -hmm. media and mm -hmm. uh, the physicality and, and, and how people are mm -hmm. in the gym so much. How do you right. get past And that is difficult. I, I Part of the conscious dating process is realizing that yes, you need attraction, but attraction number one can grow with time. And number two, do you really need a specific height, eye color? Like how particular are we really getting? Because then you're getting in your own way. Then you're really... Mm -hmm really decreasing the pool to a certain size that you really, <laughs> the odds of you finding someone are no longer in your favor. <laughs> so really just deciding, consciously deciding, I'm going to open my viewfinders and my attraction meters up to all different yeah. sorts of women, because it really does matter. Then, then part two then is I'm attracted to her. Number two is now I have, you know, lustful feelings and really strong attraction draw to her. And that's when we get sucked out of conscious dating altogether. And so what that mm -hmm. means is before you start dating, number one, you make a deal breakers list. And a deal breaker by definition is if she has any of these things, we're done. And whatever those are for you, but it's a deal breaker is actually we're done or it doesn't belong in the list. Right. So she likes to golf is not on that list. It's just not. <laughs> Second list that you make is a needs list. I need these things out of a relationship. Someone that's willing to grow with me, communicate with me, 
loves children, if, if that's something you're passionate about. And so those two lists then, <clears throat> when you come home from date number three and you're feeling uh -huh. so connected and so excited and you're in that romantic cloud, you sit down that next day with these lists and you read them over. Does she have any deal breakers? Because there's no point in going on if she does, right? <clears throat> Number two, look at your needs list. How is that coming along? How are we doing with that so far? You don't know a lot after three dates, but you're getting a feeling, right? Because you really want to respect your time and her time and not belabor and drag on a relationship that just you know is going to end. It doesn't matter how much you're attracted to her. It's not fair to her to keep it going when you know that you're not going to make it. So taking yourself out of that really excited moment sounds awful. It feels awkward because you've never done this before, I'm guessing, but you're sitting down at a table with your handwritten lists and you're analyzing this, which is not what we want to do when we're in that romantic cloud, but that's what saves you all these years of time with the wrong women. You're going to catch yourself. You're going to catch what cycles you're perpetuating. And then it's going to get you in line with, oh, next time I need to look for this next time. And you need to honor the red flags that you see. We always see them mm -hmm. and we don't want to in those first three months, but they're there. So honor those. It almost sounds like uh, the way you've spoken about it. You want to take yourself outside the picture frame and look back at it. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. Uh, with your needs and uh, 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 you mentioned your needs deal list, breakers. your deal breakers list. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, Mara, how much of this do you think from a society standpoint, you mentioned previously that uh, someone should go to a marriage counselor, your relationships mm -hmm. counselor yeah. as well. Yeah. To kind of help ask the hard questions that they don't know to ask right. Uh, right? to see if the relationship will work. So I'm taking you beyond the start now mm -hmm. and you found someone that's a match and they come to you now. Yes. How do you work with them? So it's important to talk through big, heavy things. And I think it's so helpful to have someone like me sitting there with you to talk through the heavy subjects. So the conversation goes deeper and further. So everyone thinks they've talked about money, but really what they've observed is their partner's habits. But what you don't know, are they living below their means, above their means? How do they, what are their future retirement plans? What are their plans for investing, their savings account? What are their plans with um, of supporting their children? Things like that. And really the style of how you spend money and how you there's different types of money archetypes. Like there's actually quizzes online that you can take, like, which is basically like, I'm a spender, I'm a saver, I'm a dreamer, I'm a nurturer. So there's different ways to think about it. And it's just like the love languages. If you know your partner's money language, so to speak, then you can have compassion and empathy. And then everything's not just a big blow up. You're so irresponsible or you're a hoarder and you get into these really difficult money discussions. Your first two years of your like cohabitation, partnership, marriage are the hardest. So if you talk about all of these tough subjects before you live together or before you marry or develop an official partnership, that saves you those first two years and you can focus on what you really want to be focused on, which is building your relationship and furthering your connection and getting even stronger as a couple. 
So, so what just is noodling it? through those tough topics. And and that's what I was about to ask you. So um, there's got to be like three to five things that yes. couples, when you're at the relationship state, that can break you apart. What are what are some of those things? I hear communication. People come up yep. with also, but from the yep. perspective, what are three three to five things that that's a must that you must work through mm -hmm. to be able to have a harmonious relationship. Yep. So besides money, communication, which is a learned skill. So if you don't have it, you can go to a coach or a therapist and work, work on that together. But both people need to want to work on that. So keep that in mm -hmm. mind. You know, you don't want to drag the other one. You do want to drag them. And then if they don't eventually get on board, then it really can't get better. Then they're going to stay in their habits and then you're just sacrificing. So that's right. number two. Um, another one is roles. What roles are we going to play in the household, in our relationship? Um, who's going to be the, the social orchestrator? Who's going to, you know... That just all the different roles that you'll play to keep the relationship and household functioning. That's never talked about. We just move in together and then fingers crossed, hope it goes well. But if you really sit down and noodle through that topic too, then you've got all the, you have your barrier free then. And you can talk about what's wrong with the car instead of you're always this, you're always this. Yeah. So that's and, and so from a, uh, I don't want to just say a man's perspective. I, I'll leave it at a couple. Intimacy. Or, yes. you know, women might say intimacy, men might say sex. Yep. But today they're intertwined. What about that being on the list? I'm so glad you brought, yep, that would have been my fourth thing. Because without physical intimacy, it's a huge issue. With physical intimacy, it's still you still might not be quite on the same page because it takes a long time for that. And we really don't take the time to really learn about our bodies and orgasm and all the intimacies. Mm -hmm. But it's not a huge issue. But not having it makes it a huge issue. So yes, there, and it's important to think this too. When you're looking for someone... There's spiritual intimacy, intellectual intimacy, emotional and physical. So there's all types of intimacies. And for a woman, she needs to have more than just physical intimacy leading up to the physical. And so then that brings into a, another really important thing to define is what are your love languages? Because you might think you're a terrible couple because you don't have the same love languages, but it could be as simple as you're not addressing and nurturing each other's love languages. So you're missing each other. But if you just got educated on what they are and how to meet your partner's needs, then you come together and you are really synergizing your love languages together and then you feel connected because the other partners soothe you know fitting your filling your love needs your buckets full sure sure you know yeah. are, are there are there any key indicators when you're dating again conscious dating where you know we talked about three or five things in a relationship what about dating are there three to five things in dating conscious dating that you say, beware and look out for these things as you're consciously right. dating. So intention, what are your intentions? Are your intentions mm -hmm. casual dating, casual monogamy, long-term relationship, marriage? It's important uh, to talk. It's scary for people to talk about that. A lot of people are afraid to just say 
what they really mm -hmm. want at the moment. I mean, some people want an open relationship and please, you have to say that out loud. I mean, really, because it's just unfair to the other person for them to fall for you when you don't have anything permanent in mind or you have someone else and you want an open relationship. It's just fair and honorable to just declare those things like in the first one, two, three dates, even though it feels mm -hmm. like, you know, putting the um, cart before the horse, it really isn't. When you're when you're mm -hmm. ready for a relationship, you just need to get in the habit of asking the other person. And a lot of people talk about it via chat before they even meet if you've met them online. And that's why it's really important if you're online dating to check all those boxes. So then you're not even opening conversation with someone who wants to casually date if you're a long-term relationship person. So that's a big okay. one. You need to have the same intentions. Uh, children and your philosophy about family and children, whether you have any or not, you still need to be on the same page with that. And then longevity. Where do you want to be? You know, if one person, you know, eventually wants to move to Florida and one wants to stay in Oregon, you know, how long are we going to try to work on that or figure that out? You know, just what are your goals? And then a fourth one would be what are your values? What's really important to you? Like, what are your passions? You don't have to have the same hobbies, although some are fun and that makes life interesting. But your values and what you put, what your priorities are is, is so much bigger. Right. So I'm glad you answered that. Um, do you ever see? Oh, well, first, let me ask you this. What is the age range of the people that you work with most? Usually like 35 to 55. Got it. And within the older uh, range, say 50 to 55, most people are looking to get settled. You've been yes. through a lot. You might have been through a divorce, but you've been through some relationships. Mm -hmm. You don't want to play games. Right. So um, you, you just want to find out and move on quickly. At the end of the day, are there a lot of people that move on too quickly and they don't turn over enough stones to find out and they, they may miss something because they don't want to waste any more time? Do you mean they just settle into something with someone too quickly yeah well or or they might miss that person because they're impatient um oh, right right yeah and, and there might be some things that were there that just didn't come up yet things do take time um, but some people mm -hmm. are patient um do you talk about that to well the great thing people? about being older is that you have the courage to just say what you think and you feel and i, I just just you know, for anyone that's younger, that's scared of aging. Yeah, it's really the greatest. I mean, because you just have no fear, you know, and you really have confidence about who you are and what you want, even though you're always putting the puzzle together, you're adding more. It's just this like blessed confidence that you just get to <laughs> just celebrate life and who you are. So it's really fun to date someone that's older or, you know, date someone your same age because, you just can say, you can just ask the difficult questions and just get to the, the vulnerability and the open part and, and just ask questions about what you think and feel about what's important to you. So it is, it is nice and you do have to be cautious. There are some people, not many, but some that just don't want to be alone. And so they just no. want somebody there. Yes, yes. And I have to ask this one question I have so many more questions, but our <laughs> show is coming to 
close here. But you mentioned previously hard conversations. Yes. That's so, you said it was a skill. A lot of people cannot have hard conversations and right. it really impacts a relationship. Talk about that a little bit. Right. Well, and a lot of that comes from our childhood, right? If we said what, you know, our, if our parents were open, open to hearing our thoughts and opinions, if we weren't allowed to disagree, you take that into your adult life and then it's hard to advocate for yourself. But there's nothing more attractive than a man with masculine energy coming forward. 90% of women are looking for a masculine man so they can sink into their feminine energy. And part of that is confidence in what you think, feel, what you know, and being able to declare what you believe. And that includes disagreement. And, and honestly, that is a great way to flirt and build connection and relationship is, oh, you know, I see it from this point of view, or I disagree, or I think about it this way. It's just a great way to, to bond because that builds trust too. If someone is encouraged to disagree or share how they really think or what they believe, right? You, then you learn to trust. You trust yeah. them. Tomorrow I have so many questions for you, but we got to. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you for our audience. There's so much out there. There's dating online. We got uh, gender issues that we talk yep. about, and uh, your uh, conscious relationship coach what how do we put all this stuff together how does how do people find each other you can find people online or in person and i know people are petrified of meeting people in person right now but there's somebody that you know that i'm friends with met someone in a costco line and someone else met in baggage claim area at the airport i mean you can really find that magic just like we did in the 50s and the 60s and you know in the old days where we met people in person, you find someone that you have a good feeling about, approach them, and you're not going to come off as creepy because you're not creepy. You make small talk. And then you can join organizations. You can volunteer. Go on blind dates. Your People are inviting you to do this for a reason. They believe in you or have somebody amazing to set you up with. Nothing wrong with that. So just be open to women coming into your life. Adjust your filters so that you're attracting the right women. And you and I can work on little things like your online dating profile, or we can talk about how to consciously date and do bigger mm -hmm. and better development so that you are saving years of time and money. And you aren't going to end up with someone who's after you for your position or your money or to control you. And, you know, then you get in a big hot mess that can last for a long time. Tamara. Tamara, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are coming to a close. It's been great. Thank you so much. Uh, so much information to share, and I'm sure our audience enjoyed you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Charles. This was a blast. I appreciate it. Until we meet again. Yes. <laughs> yes, I look forward to it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Undiscovered Gems with our host, Charles D. Smith, highlighting today's best and brightest business minds, brought to you by Pods Entertainment Group.